Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well. On this week's show, we will, of course, be looking back at yesterday's 1-0 opening day win against Leighton Orient at the Valley. Joining me to bask in the glory of those three points. First up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm basking, basking in your graph as well. Very oh, excited yeah. to see that a bit later. Oh yeah, I have to get the graph up on the screen a bit later. It's, it's, it's got to be the best graph you've ever seen. Currently, we so. are on record. We're on course for quite an amazing amount of points at this stage of the season. Also joining us uh, on the bottom of the screen there is Joe Puddyfoot. How are you doing, Joe? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely knackered. Um, it was a uh, busy day in the ground yesterday, which meant it was a busy day for me. Uh, but no, it's good. It's good to get off to a, to a win and certainly lots of happy faces around. So uh, that, that makes everybody a bit happier, doesn't it? Yeah, it really was uh, an enjoyable day at the Valley yesterday. Obviously, we will talk about uh, the performance against Leighton Orient. We're going to hear the goal uh, in a few moments' time. We will, of course, hear from the Alex boss, uh, Dean Holden. We've also got an interview with the goalkeeper, Ashley Maynard Brewer, from uh, yesterday. We want to hear from you guys as well. Morning to everyone who's joining us in the YouTube chat. There's loads of people in there saying hello, uh, including All Hell Let Loose is saying that he's missing Laura Woods on ITV. This better be a good one, Louis. Uh, well, that, what, what a sacrifice you've made there. Thank you for joining us. So, yeah, uh, make sure you have your say in the chat on um, uh, this uh, this result that we got yesterday against Leighton Orient. Um, how are you feeling uh, after yesterday's game? Uh, tell us how much you enjoyed the Valley yesterday as well, because obviously it was quite full. And I don't, it, it just felt different to me yesterday. And I made this point quite a lot on, on, on Thursday's show. Like, uh, there's a lot of concentrating on football um, at the moment, which is just good. Like, I, I, like we've had enough of talking about ownership nonsense, and, and yesterday was purely just worrying about the football and enjoying a, a performance. You know, at stages it was it was uh, it was tough for us, and Orient made it difficult for us. But yeah, whatever you want to say, have your say uh, in the chat. You can also tweet us at Charlton Live or email us studio at CharltonLive dot uk. Later on in the show as well, hopefully we've got a, a guest fan joining us, Ryan Harwood. Uh, who sits in the covered end is going to join us later on uh, in the show. So, Tom, just before we hear the goal, um, yeah, an interesting one yesterday. I, f- uh, I think we were worthy of the three points. It wasn't exactly plain sailing. It wasn't a swashbuckling performance overall. But we did what we had to do against an Orient side who I thought played quite well. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Orient was sloppy at times and made some silly mistakes. But overall, as a as a team... They're obviously newly promoted. They're London-based. They've filled the away end. It was never going to be an easy task. And there's a lot of lot of pressure on our shoulders this year. I think, as I think, I can't remember if it was you had said it to Dean or Dean had said generally, but we're going to be a bit of a scout for teams this season. And so uh, we need to 
back that up with with performances. And I think I said it on Twitter yesterday. It probably wasn't the most complete performance we're ever going to see, but it was functional. Um, Maynard Brewer didn't have a huge amount to do. I think you're right. I, I said we rode our luck a little bit, and I think we did. But I think defensively we looked okay. And going forward, particularly for those first 20 minutes or so, we looked so dangerous. I mean, Corey had the one of the best games I've seen him have. That poor old right back for uh, Leighton Orient would have had a, a tough night last night. But yeah, I think I got the feeling that when it clicks, I think we're going to be a very dangerous side. And I don't think it has quite clicked yet. And that's to be expected. But it was a functional performance. We got the three points. And like you've just said there, I said it after the game, it all just felt a bit different yesterday. It feels like there is potential in this team and there is there's some we're right on the cusp potentially of something happening. And and that doesn't mean we're gonna go and rob the league like the graph currently says, but it means we could do. I think it means we could go and have a very good season. And uh yeah, I think I've talked a lot on Thursday about how excited I was to get back to the valley and I feel that performance has kind of justified that feeling. Um, as I say, not the best performance in the world, but a complete performance and most importantly, the win. Yeah. And uh, as I said, I thought I thought Orient, I thought defensively they were quite good and, and we needed, as uh, as Tom mentioned there, the, the skill and, and the pace of Corey Blackett-Taylor on the wing to create that moment for the goal. And you had a few moments like that in the game. But overall, I, I do feel like we were made to work for that one yesterday, Joe, and, that, and that's probably what makes it more satisfying. I think we... I think we were made to work for it. I think we made ourselves work for it, though, a little bit. Because um, after that bright 20 minutes, we I think we abandoned some of the stuff that that really was getting us success um, and pushed both Fraser and Anson were running in behind. But it just meant that there was quite a big gap in the middle of the field where there was nobody to play some passes and we were sort of restricted to that long ball. And the goal came, for me, from the fact that we had two midfielders breaking into the box from behind play. So we'd created a little bit of space, which gives Corey that opportunity to get in. But as soon as he had that that space yesterday, he really did take their right back to task. And it's the one it's the one concern about me for him being a left wing back is, are we going to get him into those positions enough? And if we get him into those positions enough, are we going to leave ourselves a bit open? Um, Thomas obviously, obviously helps that being a bit more left-sided as a, a centre-back. But for them, I think they'll be... I think Leighton Orient would be proud of how they limited us. Sorry if anyone can hear my smoke alarm going off. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Emma's doing downstairs, but apparently burning the house down. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they would be proud of how they limited us yesterday. But I do think that that we need to take charge of that more. And teams are going to sit in a bit like Orient against us this season, especially when we don't have a big aerial threat in the side because Alfie May is so much better in behind. So, promising, but... I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to see us challenge them a little bit more than we did, to be honest. Mm, yeah, well, it's a bit of a breakdown in management there for me. Is that we don't actually have an evacuation plan for Charlton Live. That's something I need to think about now, uh, in case Joe's going to burn his house down every time we we do the show. Right, let's have a listen to the goal uh, from Charlton TV yesterday. The commentators were Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. Find mate, picked off by James. He's having a good game at centre half for him. Ball forward is Paul though by. The visitors as Terrell Thomas out to left to Blackett Taylor. He'll take on Hunt again. Blackett Taylor goes beyond Hunt. He's got space as well. Blackett Taylor, four in the box. Ball across. Yeah. It's tapped home. Oh. And it's the skipper, oh. George Thompson. The first goal of the season goes the way of Charlton's captain. And just before half time, the Addicts have a lead. 
Oh, Blackett Taylor's been threatening down that left-hand side, but the end result just hasn't been there. But on this occasion, pouncing on a mistake by Orient on that left-hand side, Blackett Taylor going past his man at will. And he has the option to just hit it in, but he takes his time, then picks out the end. Options either Alfie May or George Dobson, and it's the Charlton skipper who scores the Addicts' first goal of a new era. There we go. That's the uh, goal from Charlton TV yesterday. Thanks to the boys uh, there with the comment commentating. Um, oh, the, the goal itself, um, it, Leighton Orient overplayed and, and gave the ball away inside their own half. And and, and Blackett Taylor really made them pay. Tom, um, we, we were sort of discussing towards the end of um, of uh, Nathan saying that Paul uh, um, Joe's uh, house is on fire, just like Corey Blackett Taylor's yesterday. It was yesterday. Um, the, the, we, we said towards the end of last season, like when we were deciding which players we'd keep and which players we think could play a part in a promotion winning side, I think Blackett Taylor was one that we, we definitely said keep. Um, I, I don't know how, if we said he was consistent enough to to play week in, week out in, in a promotion winning side. But I mean, he started good, started well yesterday. His stats in the second half of last season before getting injured were pretty handy as well. The majority of his goals came in the second half of last season. Still needs more assists. I think it was only three assists for him last season or four. Um, so he's got one already after one game. Um, that's a promising start. And, and that end product that we saw yesterday is what we want to see more consistently from him. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd be surprised if he has uh, many games like that. Um, not because of his ability, but because I just think that, that right back just had a, a poor game. But that was one of, as I said earlier, one of Corey's better games as well. And, and as you say, we... We get that in spells, don't we? But we need that consistency. I think, obviously, uh, Eden or Eden wasn't or isn't fully fit yet, um, but obviously came on towards the end of the game. And I think it'll be interesting when he's up to speed what what Dean decides to do, which games he decides to play, which of them, um, and whether whether tactically that's a decision or whether it's just down to consistency and, and uh, performance. Because maybe having someone like Eden behind him is going to push Corey to perform more consistently now. Um, even in that first half, they were putting two or three men on him at times. It didn't seem to bother him. And if we get that sort of Corey week in, week out, then we've got a very dangerous player there. But as you say, sadly, we don't get that all the time. But I was pleased to see him start. He was somebody we've spoken a lot about, obviously, offline during pre-season about who's going to play there and can he do it and is he going to be capable. And Certainly he was yesterday and and it's about kicking on from that now. And again, with one game, with one game into the season, so we don't want to read too much into it, but it's about, okay, how what can they these players take from that and how can they build on it? So for someone like Corey, you just want to go, yeah, good game, good performance, up there with one of the best performances of the 11 that played or, yeah, you know, however many actually came on the pitch. Um, but go and do it again now. Go and do it again. You'd imagine he'll get rested on Tuesday, but Peter Barr away is a very different test. Uh, obviously, a, a, probably a better team and an away game, so going to play slightly differently. So, can he do it again there, or will will we put Eden in instead? So, yeah, I thought it was a solid performance. I think need to see that consistently now. I think we've said that about many of the players we said we'd keep, like Scott Fraser being another example. Um, but if we can, as I say, we've got a hell of a player there. Hmm. Uh, Seventy six. Uh, Rufus says it was a solid performance, but nothing spectacular. We need to take the chances uh, we earn. Looking at other games yesterday, there are going to be a lot uh, tougher teams to play. Jason uh, says was very impressed by the defence when Orient got into our half, but still a bit uneasy about how easily they got into our half. But it's only one game. Uh, the team looks promising. Yeah, because I mean, 
when you look to that first five minutes or so yesterday, Joe, and, and Alfie May carved out that superb chance for himself, like just a wonderful touch inside the penalty area to create to create the space for the shot. Um, and it looked like a really good save from Sol Brin from where I was sat. Um, I, I was kind of hoping that was going to be the tone set for the afternoon. We were going to create chances. We were going to get the ball into Alfie. And actually, in, in terms of clear-cut chances, there wasn't a great deal after that until the Garfing Alfie had a free kick that went wide. Um, yeah, I, I felt it was, like I say, it wasn't swashbuckling. It wasn't always free-flowing, which which I hope means that it means we, we've got another gear to step into more so than than, than what we saw yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that is that is the thing. We didn't we didn't blow Orient away. Um we beat them. And and sometimes first game of the season you take that. You've got to win the the tricky games. You've got to win the games where you're not your absolute best as well. And that is that is how you get promoted out of any division or, or win any any title is winning the games where you're not at your absolute best. I do think that uh, Kamara coming on was a bit of a game changer, even though it was late in terms of the way that he was able to create space for other people and, and open Orient up. And they were looking to chase it a little bit more. So maybe it's a bit generous to him. But I do think that he has has that potential, even though um, Nath obviously cursed him in the last minute um, uh, when he had that glorious opportunity. But we're going to have to find ways to break teams down. And I think we're, we're still short of a few players to do that, really. Um, I think yesterday showed that there's not a lot of strength in depth still in this squad. Um, and... If we're going to if we're going to play the three and we're gonna we're gonna sort of try and put pressure on people and we're gonna press high, um, we're gonna have to find ways other than just counterattacking to to get teams to open up and move people around. And you know, Prattley, for example, in their midfield, he didn't seem to struggle keeping tabs on on Fraser for most of the game. So if if Prattley's able to do it, then then certainly younger, uh, more marauding midfielders are gonna gonna be having some success against us. So it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge. I think for us, we need to get those players in a little bit more. Those players who can, like Raksaki, just carve open a chance out of absolutely nothing. And it's good to see that we do have the likes of May in the box. And that chance was phenomenal play. Uh, I, I, no one that we had in our squad over the last four or five seasons would have have got that shot away. So that's a real game changer. We need a couple of more around him to to really enable him to get that space and get those opportunities and and then get the three four nil results that you, you're going to need to be up towards the top of the table. Mm, uh, Norman says, uh, nice three points, but early days, hopefully we will get better. Uh, even a couple more players, at least through the door, uh, would be nice. Uh, we, we should actually congratulate Norman as well. If anyone stayed around at half time, Norman Ellis was the man who did the crossbar challenge yesterday. And that's generally one of the best attempts we've had in a long, long time. And he was unlucky not to walk away with the, the 10 grand. It wasn't, it wasn't far off um, uh, at all. Um, Paul Davenport says, uh, Karoy, uh, Nathan and Alfie starting gave us much more mobility. So many times in the past couple of seasons, our press uh, has been uh, Colander-like, leaky, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, the starting lineup. there was a few a, a few players that stood out as being slightly surprised. I don't think Hector, Hector not starting with with, uh, with Thomas coming in in his place was, was reasonably uh, surprising. Um, and obviously, Karoy, who just signed his four-year deal yesterday, starting over Kamara, or Kamara, um, I think, well, when we hear from Dean, it's more to do with fitness at the moment. And, and I think once once Pan's ready, then he will certainly be starting games. But um, yeah, a, a bit of a surprise with some of the young players. Obviously, Nathan started ahead of Egbo. And again, I asked um, Dean about Egbo, which we'll hear in a few moments' time. And, and it sounds like that's just purely he's, he's behind Nathan the same way in the, in the pecking order, Tom. When, what was your sort of views when, when you saw the, the lineups coming out? Yeah, I was 
I think I was more surprised about Anderson. I think we'd spoken a little bit about Simway on Thursday's show and, and based on pre-season, I thought he deserved his chance. It's still a risk, of course, and it's still a big call. But um, yeah, I was delighted to see him and I thought he kind of fully justified that position. I thought he had a great game. Kuroi, I haven't seen a huge amount of and, and so I was a little bit more surprised. But as you say, Kamara is not fully fit yet. Um and I thought, particularly in the second half, he started to get a little bit tired and, and struggled a little bit. I thought when Camera came on, gave us those fresh legs. And even just in that sort of 10, 15 minute cameo, you can see what he's capable of. Uh, and you can see why Nath was raving about him so much on, on Thursday's show. So like you, I expect him to probably be a starter going forward once he's up to speed. But someone like Karoy, I think as, a, as that comment you put up said, just gave us that mobility and that energy in the middle. Uh, and again, particularly in those opening stages of the game, that press was kind of swarming. But I don't mean swarming like, you know, kids football where everybody's just chasing the ball. They were swarming and they were hunting in packs and they were pressing as a unit. And uh, for somebody that young to get up to speed like that is obviously exciting. But I think Dean said it in his post-match, didn't he? That these youngsters, I think, have played together for a long time. And so they understand each other. They know where each other are going to be. And actually that that can go a long way in, in football. So... Yeah, I don't think anybody had a bad game yesterday at all. I thought Asimwe was probably out of the youngsters, one who maybe stood out at most. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's exciting. I wouldn't say, you know, I don't think we can chop and change every week and I wouldn't say we've got a comprehensive squad yet. But to be able to bring the likes of Michael Hector off the bench to shore things up and to bring Camera off the bench to give some legs in midfield, even while we're, what, three or four players short, is uh, is exciting for, for the team. And I think if we can continue to give faith in those youngsters, maybe give them some game time, but not rely on them too heavily, as we've spoken about many times over the past few years. It, uh, it gives an extra dimension to our game. So, yeah, delighted to see them get their chance yesterday. And obviously to come off with a win will we'll give them all huge confidence. Mm, uh, Jonathan's saying, I think Eden's came, uh, cameo off the bench has gone under the radar. Uh, it was very impressive. And Will says, I agree with that. He looked great. Camera uh, was the real wow sub, though. He looked superb. Uh, with the ball that he's feet. Obviously, we'll come on to Pan in a minute and, and try and gloss over the, the glaring mist, uh, Joe. But yeah, uh, Teo Eden coming on. Um, what, what did you make of him? It's the fir first chance we've really had to, to properly see him. Yeah, I I was I was really, really impressed, actually. I, I think he is the left wing back in the squad. Um, and, and against those teams like Peterborough, it might not be this one because... Obviously, we're um, he's a little bit soon for him, but against those teams who are expecting to be under more more pressure, I think that he will probably get the starting berth over Corey in that position just because of that defensive solidity. But what I was impressed by was how he was able to wriggle out of a couple of tight situations and find some good bits of space, and even that chance at the end that came from from him really counter pressing and, and breaking onto the ball and, and changing the flow of the game from defense to attack. So. We've we've not had a proper left-sided defender of that quality for for a long, long time, um, and this is all on fifteen minutes. And next week he might he, he might be like all of the other left-sided defenders, where it's sort of a bit of a stopgap. But if he can carry on that form, then then I think he could be a real game changer again for us. And like all of the signings, he see he strikes you immediately as being better than the standard that we've we've endured. Um, in, in these last few seasons. And the more players that we get that push on and are proper first teamers and are taking us that, that step forward, it's a building block, not just for this season, but but moving forward for seasons to come. So even if it isn't this season, then 
you, you feel like we're moving in the right direction. So yeah, impressive, but yeah. it's 15 minutes. I will, I will accept that. Yeah. Uh, Ian's saying, I can't see us getting away another month without an extra striker. So obviously as, uh, as we predicted on, on Thursday show, Tyrese Campbell started up alongside um, Alfie May. I mean, Pete's saying to give Alfie May a tall player up front to play with whilst Lieburn isn't fit. Is it worth giving McGrandles a try uh, up front to see what happens for 15, 20 minutes? I mean, I, not, not, not in my opinion, but um, yeah, that, that is a problem. I think, you know, I like Tyrese Campbell. I think he's more dangerous out wide, but it also comes back to, to the to the question we said on Thursday once more, which is, you know, we, we enjoyed Teo coming off the bench on, on Saturday yesterday, but what, what does that mean? Like, if we want him to start, obviously it's different types of games, but then we take Corey out the side and was anyone creating anywhere near as much as Corey did yesterday other than Alfie May for himself? Probably not, Tom. Yeah, and I think if we are going to look at the some of the, I don't know about negatives, but the things that we need to work on, that was the thing that became apparent to me. It felt at times like we were playing with one up top and it was it was just Alfie May. And, and I think that's because, as you say, Tyrese was kind of drifting a little bit, um, as you say, because his preferred position is out wide. If he's not capable of playing that wing-back role, then it's it's about where he fits in. But I was saying to... Uh, to the person I sit next to at the game, we were talking about at Chucks and obviously at the moment, sadly, he's taking up a striker position without really giving us any output. And we, if we're going to get promoted this year, um, we need probably three decent strikers and strikers that we can rely on. And, and as you say, I know Miles is injured at the moment, but he'll hopefully be back shortly. We've got Miles and Alfie. We probably need a third that's going to get sort of 10 goals. So that, as you say, we can firstly cope with injuries and secondly, so that we can rotate for different styles of games. So I agree with that comment. I do think we need a striker again. I think we probably said that on on, on a Thursday show as well. The question is, who do you go and get? There aren't many strikers out there that are just ready and waiting. And certainly 10 to 15 goal a season strikers. So, yeah, I think, look, Miles and Alfie, you'd assume, are going to be the start in two most games. But you're then relying on them to stay fit all season. And, and I don't think that's going to happen. So... We're going to have to invest unless, of course, Chucks does get fit. But I'm fully conscious that when I say that, you know, I think we're all in agreement that it's unlikely. And, and if he does, how long is he going to stay fit for? Which is sad because, again, what we were saying yesterday at the game was how good can he be when he does play? But we need somebody who who can play week in, week out. And sadly, he's not the one. So, yeah, it'll be interesting what they do with him and what they do in that striker department. But I agree. I think we probably do need one more. I want Therese to get game time for sure. And I think he, he earned it from last year. But going back to my answer previously, we don't want to kind of throw these youngsters in and then just play them week in, week out. So I think taking him out of the firing line for a few weeks every now and again is probably a good thing too. And uh, Ultimately, that'll be Miles that comes in. But I think if we could get somebody else, it will add to that strength in depth on the bench and give us a, an extra dimension going forwards as well. Yeah, Dan saying the only thing that annoyed me yesterday at the end was when Kirk uh, didn't shoot when the, when the keeper was up. Yeah, the keeper came up for a corner. We got it clear and Kirk had it on the right-hand side, sort of halfway. And and yeah, I, can't remember, I don't think he got the shot away in the end or he certainly charged down for a throw. Um, Dan also mentioned before that Lloyd-Jones was unreal yesterday. I, I, it'd be nice to sort of concentrate on the defensive display to, to an extent. So Ash made that one good save in the first half from Theo Archibald where he cut in. And, he, and to be fair to Ash, like he got a palm on it, but also he did, he did push it out into the middle. So we reasonably lucky it fell to a red shirt there. Um, but in the second half, they had a long-range shot near the end, which actually palmed down. Um, and they had one more shot on target, which I can't actually remember. Then I, I do remember a few us getting a few blocks in. I mean, what, what did we make of the defensive performance yesterday? I mean, all hell let loose 
Joe has pointed out that he thinks that Clark Harris and Mason Clark will give us far more problems than, than Leighton Orient did. So we probably will have more, more difficult games. But defensively, I mean, it, it was uh, streets apart from the performance against Aberdeen. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, it was. And I mean, you referenced one where Maynard Brewer palmed it out. But I think that, that exemplified the level of defender that Lloyd Jones is in the way that he tracked his striker the whole way. He didn't let him go off his shoulder, which we did so many times last season and strikers were in space on their own. So when Ash actually palmed it in the direction of their striker, the defender was there first. It's a, it's a novel concept um, really for us over the last couple of years, but all, all the defenders I think did well. Ness is so good in the middle there. Um, I, you know, I know, He's not maybe as good on the ball as Hector um, in terms of some of those long-range passes. But as a defender, one-on-one, I, I don't think we've got a better defender in the squad um, in, in that centre-back position. I thought Thomas did did well. I think he's much more suited to that side. And, and probably we missed him against Aberdeen in, in terms of they were playing down the sides of our defence and exposing Nest, who is a little bit less comfortable out there. Uh, and Maynard Brewer, I've been so impressed with him in pre-season. I know he had a couple of iffy ones at the end of last year, but but certainly in pre-season, he's been so strong. And and the saves that he did make, I thought, were good saves yesterday. Even that one at the end, which looked like it really swerved right in front of him, got a hand to it and was was there. There's a lot of calmness as well across the whole unit. The challenge is going to be when a team's getting in behind Corey because he doesn't want to go backwards. So that's that's where we need Eden really to, to be in the squad to, to give us the defensive stability going back. And I am a bit concerned about this system with only two or three, if you're going to include Elpo in the squad, but three out and out wing backs because you only need an injury on the left and then and then we're going to be exposed uh, exposed in that way. But for now, let's, let's take it as a good improvement from Aberdeen, but there are going to be certain tests to come and it's, it's about how, how we respond to that. And, and how we adjust our style for the teams that are going to take us to task a little bit more. Excellent stuff. Right, let's just bring this up just very briefly then. So I know Tom's been absolutely gagging to see the uh, the updated graph that shows, uh, based on a points-per-game ratio at this moment, we're, we're on target for 138 points this season, Tom. I mean, that would be some achievement, but we're we're basically halfway there. It's a lot of points, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, I'd take that, I think, as, as things go. But... Um, yeah, I think we said it, didn't we? That obviously the graph got introduced 10, 15 games into to last season. So uh, obviously today either was going to have a rock bottom or or winning the league with uh, with 46 wins out of 46. So yeah, I think, look, obviously it looks nice at the moment, but I expect that the graph is going to stay maybe not quite that high, but it's going to stay around that line a lot more than it was last year. And again, early days, but I go back to the point I made yesterday. Things just felt a little bit different yesterday I thought um yeah there just seems to be a, a shift and I don't know if we're going to talk about the the thing they did at the end of the game or not but even that and I know people didn't particularly like it but there is there is something they're trying to do here right and, and it didn't feel like that really last year that Ipswich 4-4 with Bengana running down the touchline when he got sent off and pounding his chest that was kind of the closest we got maybe the old Trafford game as well and the the atmosphere up there, but even yesterday, first game of the season, to get that many numbers through, it's uh, it's encouraging. And to my mind, the graph backs all of that up, and uh, we're going to win the league with forty six wins out of forty six. So, yeah, good time to be a Charlton fan. 
Yeah, something to look forward to. I, I don't think we're going to see the graph for another 10 games now. It was always going to be funny this week because, as you say, it was either going to be 46 wins or zero points. So, but we're not we're not going to see it for a little while now because let, let, let's get our feet under the table. Let's see how we get on for the next 10 games, um, and then then maybe we'll have a real a real idea of, of where we're going to be uh, at the end of the season. Right. Let's hear from the Addicts uh, manager Dean Holden, shall we? I spoke to him uh, after yesterday's win. Uh, against Leighton Orient, and this is what he had to say. On the opening day, the perfect way to start the season. Yeah, really important, I think, particularly when you've got such a big crowd in, in the Valley today for the first time in a long time. There's a lot of expectant supporters turning up with a lot of optimism. I think it's important that they, that they see a team that's shown what we did today, which is we started really well. We started with real intent in the game. We, we ran all over Leighton Orient. We knew they were a team that had obviously had a lot of success winning the title last year, playing a certain style, and they want to play on their terms at times. So we, we needed to get on top of them and force mistakes, which we did. Um, we've had the big chance for Alfie May early on, and I thought we went in 1-0 deserved, uh, deservedly in the lead at that point. And uh, we had two big chances, haven't we, think, in the second half. We've had a lot of action around their box. We've had the, the one from Kamari, puts wide, and obviously TC one-on-one. So I think we should have won more comfortably. Uh, having said that, we looked really solid defensively today, which, which which was a bit of a concern last week against Aberdeen. So we've had a lot of work to do this week, but credit to the, the players, they've, they've took that on board. And yeah, we, I think we, we, we outran them today. I thought we played some excellent stuff. I think Corey Blackett Taylor in that first half in particular gave them real trouble. TC the same. And uh, yeah, I suppose Scotty Fraser picking up a slight niggle is the only real negative, really, on a, on a really good day. Yeah, Richie's just coming in, was, was quite proud of his team's performance. So it wasn't like an, an easy day today. Your team had to work hard for that. Yeah, I think everybody's seen us as the favourites, didn't they? If you look at the size of the clubs and the fact they were in League Two last year, but it was always going to be a, a difficult game. They've got really good players. El Mazzuni's an excellent player, was quiet today. Um, if you think about Archibald on the side, can be can be really, can be deadly at times. And he, he had that one moment in the first half when they get the ball to him on the counter attack and Ash makes a save. But. I think Ash has had two saves to make all game, and um, yeah, I think it was it was a good platform for us. There's still loads to do, of course, there is with the ball defensively, but uh, set pieces, everything. But I think it was a real nice platform to see a team that was that shown different sides to the game today. Something that Corey's probably got better at second half of last season. Obviously, started off well today with with his end products. So that's a perfect start for him. Yeah, that, exactly that. He, you get him the ball in them areas, you know, you know he's going to give anybody problems. He's great feet and he pace to burn. He's, he's obviously the end product off that left foot. We can we keep working with him, but I think defensively as well today we've worked hard with him. With him this week, we did. We've done a lot of team play. We've done a lot of uh, what if scenarios. The ball's in a certain part of the pitch. Where do we need to be defensively? So, sort of, I've done quite a bit of mileage up and down the training pitch this week. Sort of on the side of the line, talking to him, trying to help him. Just because he's, he's an attacking type player who's always thinking about attacking and to play that position, we need him at times just to be a little bit more safer. But I thought he, I thought he did that really well today. I have to say. Yeah, had two um, 18-year-olds starting today. Obviously, Croy's got his new deal and, and, and Nathan. Um, it was, some might have been surprised to see, see him in there so young, but what did you make of their performances? Yeah, I, I think Croy grew into the game. I remember the big tackle on the halfway line. He, he At times, it maybe got caught on the ball a couple, you know, a little bit. Uh, needs to move the ball a little bit quicker, but he's, he's a fantastic young player. He's had a really emotional week with his new contract and finding out he was, he was making his, his league debut and his mate, Nath, next to him as well. Very, very good. So, I think we had six academy graduates in the starting eleven and, and two debuts, so that that's really pleasing, I have to say. Yeah, you've shown your faith in him. It's a four-year deal. Yeah, real intent from the from the football club, which I'm delighted about. And and again, you know, the fact that Karoy so quickly just wanted to get it signed, he, he really believes this is the place for him. So, um, yeah, another one to come through the through the the, the academy. You know, we didn't quite know um, going into the start of pre-season. Who was going to come through and be in and around the first team? We had high hopes for for a number of the youngsters, but you never quite know, do you? 
and um, them two in particular have, have, have done fantastically well. New celebration at the end, if you haven't seen here at the Valley before, <laughs> tell us about that. Um, off the cuff, um, I think it's, as I say there, we're trying to keep building this connection and um, obviously we've seen it before at other football clubs, we're not trying to copy anything, we're trying to show us as a group of players and staff that we're with the guys in the stand. You, know, you can't separate us and um, it was a nice moment at the end, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the, the big crowd in today. They sold more tickets today than they had at any point last season. Would you feel like that that good feeling is coming back? Certainly, fans I've spoken to are going to burden you with a bit of expectation yeah. this season as well. But you feel like you're in a good place with the supporters now. Yeah, bring that on. Um, that's what fans want, don't they? They want to see a team that, they, that they're excited to go and watch, and we want to be a team that gives them everything. You know, we want to represent them in the right way and the values of this part of the world. So, I think you can't argue with that today. I think that we played some excellent stuff. Should have won the game by more, but. Certainly, it was a team that was prepared to fight and scrap and tackle and run. Difficult conditions got the job done. Pan bought some energy when he came on. Um, what was the reason he couldn't start? Is he, is he just not quite ready? Or oh, he's got great feet. I mean, there's a couple yeah. of moments there in the, on the turnover. Yeah, he's, he's he's not played football for a long, long time and, and played minimal minutes throughout pre-season. He's had a broken pre-season, as of a lot of our recruits, to be fair, for different reasons. Uh, if you think Ty, I thought Tyler Adam when he come on looked really sharp. Tyler, sorry, he'll go, he'll kick off, calling him the wrong, <laughs> pronouncing it wrong. But um, he had a different pre-season. He was stuck with a group of four players at Blackburn for the majority of it, so obviously wasn't up to speed and playing any games. Terry Taylor not quite ready just yet for today. He's, he's had an ankle operation and again not played any minutes. So you know these new guys are, are getting up to speed. Um, but really pleased with the spirit. Really pleased the way they've settled in, and uh, like I say the youngsters as well. It's uh, yeah, the dressing room was a good place to be at the end of the game. Yeah, no, no Manny today. He was. Um, I heard he was down the training ground this morning. Um, what was the deal with him? Is he just not fit? Or no, he's fit. He's fit. He's he's, he's fighting with, with Nathan in that position, and um, obviously Nathan, we feel, has, has got ahead of him. Um, and obviously, you can't cover, you know, different on Tuesday night in the game because we'll have uh, we'll have nine subs, I believe, for the for the game against Newport. But you, know, you can't pick everybody. Unfortunately, it's the hardest part of the job picking a team and and leaving players out. It really is. But you've got to make them calls and find the right balance for the bench and I think we did that as I say I think Tyrell coming on in front of, in front of T, uh, Terrell Thomas sorry just to change the system for that last 10 minutes to stiffen us up I thought it worked, worked really well Yeah, and That was going to be my final question obviously Newport on Tuesday League Cup meant a lot to Charlton fans last season because we got to go to Old Trafford but what sort of side do you think there will be changes sort of a chance to see some other players on, on Tuesday? Yeah we have to use it for them reasons because purely because lads are not up to speed and we had a game there in the week didn't we over at Slough but certain players couldn't play because it was on AstroTurf so we'll make sure that we yeah, the, the players that need minutes will get minutes and there will be changes but I just said to the players in there that I don't believe we'll be weakening the team far from it I think we've got we're building a really good squad and uh, yeah the perception or externally it might look like we make quite a few changes or whatever we decide to do we're going there to win the game this club's not had a winning mentality for quite a while now so the reason everybody enjoyed Old Trafford so much is because the players last season took care of the earlier rounds when they're not so glamorous so you know, we'll go there with the right attitude and hopefully win the game Cheers Dean Thank you Richie said that um be surprised if you didn't finish in the top four, which is quite a bold statement. Them or us. You. Did I? Yeah. And, um, don't care what he says. Do, do, you know, do, do you feel that weight of expectancy this season or not? There's a lot of optimism around. Um, you've got to be a certain character to play in a place like this. There's a big crowd behind the, the, the team today and that's been a big part of our recruitment. We're getting the right leaders in the building. So no problem if people externally want to have us down as a favourite or not. Couldn't give a monkey. We, we've got internal... Um, we've got internal targets and you don't get to the prize at the end of it, whatever that prize is, unless you take care of the daily business. So I've been really pleased with pre-season, really pleased, and particularly on the back of last week's sort of setback, 
Uh, didn't particularly enjoy the game or Saturday night or Sunday actually, but Monday to through to today, I've been really pleased with the way these, the lads have got back on the bike again. And certain things we didn't do so well last week, we really put right today, and that's a sign of a good team taking information on and, and going and going doing it in a pressured environment. It was because there's a big expectant crowd behind us, but we want this place rocking. It was really important to win today and and to give the fans something to shout about because, like I said there. They, There'll be so many of them going home now, thinking that yeah, they, they like they like what they see here. There's some ex, there's some energy on the pitch. There's players prepared to do the, the dirty work and, and to relax the pan at the end and the goal that we scored. It, you know, there's good, exciting moments. I thought it was an exciting game at times today. So um, the quicker we can get this place as full as possible, we will have we'll have a, a real chance. Thank you. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. Just before the advert break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden, after yesterday's 1-0 win uh, over Leighton Orient at the Valley. A couple of talking points that come out of it. I mean, firstly, Tom, dealing with expectation, you know, um, last season, not the top 20 pod and, and all, all the EFL podcasts and papers and stuff weren't mentioning us in, in, with regards to being in and around the playoffs and for very good reason. But this year they are, so... We have we have that level that that will affect the way that teams come and play against us. It will affect the mindset of our players. Um, how easy do you think that is to deal with? I mean, it's better than not being talked about. Last, last season was a bit embarrassing, really. Yeah, I think we should be being talked about in this league. We're uh, yeah, we. I don't think we should be arrogant about it, but ultimately, we should be looking at getting out of this league and stabilizing ourselves as a championship club. So, I'd be worried about it if. Uh, if Dean's uh, policy for recruitment wasn't what it was in terms of the sort of people he was getting in and maybe the 
egos running away with it or attitudes not being right. But I think with the, the sort of players that Dean's bringing in and with Dean himself and the way he talks, I, I don't think that pressure will be a hindrance. I think he will hopefully keep people internal focused. As he said, he've got, they've got their own internal targets. And if we're being spoken about, then we should take that as a compliment. And um, yeah, we're, I think it's great. If we're there to be shot down, then bring it and let's see what we can do. And, and ultimately, if if we want to go up, we're going to have to deal with that pressure. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, I think, as you say, it's much nicer to be talked about than just completely ignored. Uh, obviously, we haven't had enough game time yet to to establish whether that that chat and those predictions are, are well-founded or not. But based on what I saw yesterday and based on the way people are talking, there's definitely a shift from, from last season and the season before. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm a lot more optimistic than than I have been in recent years, and uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a nice pressure to have. And um, yeah, if we can get if we can get crowds like we did yesterday, if we can get that mentality that we're a team pushing for promotion already, because that season we went up under Boya, particularly towards the back end where we were smashing teams week in week out, it felt like you know you expect the crowds to build at that point in the season. But if we can keep these crowds up in the early stages, then that's a uh, that's a good sign. And that mentality has to go through from fans all the way through to players that we're a club that want to go up. And if we can, if we can all get that, then yeah, I think we could do something this year. Mm. Now the other talking point uh, from yesterday, and I'm going to bring this up on the screen for those of you uh, watching via YouTube, uh, was the, uh, the uh, impromptu celebration that Dean uh, had the players doing after the game, the, uh, the Liverpool two West Brom two celebration, we call it. Uh, where everyone uh, links arms in front of the covered end and, and celebrates in front of the fans. And obviously, I mean, this caused a bit of uh, conversation. I put I put a video of it up on, on social media yesterday, Joe, and we're getting, um, uh, well, fans of Millwall, Palace and uh, Metrogas under 12 girls um, taking, uh, taking a mick out of us on, on social media. I did ask Dean about it just for his views on, on how it came about. I, I put it in the chat as well. Do, do people like it? Do people uh, like something? Uh, Will said you had to, it felt a bit forced. Uh, you have uh, oh no, sorry. Will says you have to force things to implement change. Uh, he was replying to Phil earlier up in in the chat, who said it felt a bit forced. Um, what 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 did you think of it, Joe? <clears throat> I didn't like it. Um, I mean, I I wasn't there to see it because uh, obviously we have to run out to get back to get behind the bar. So um, literally full time, and I sprint. So um, I miss all of the, that frivolity. But I do always listen out for the cheer when people jump out the tunnel, and and I think that that does the job. That is the connection between the players and the fans, and it's a very Cholton thing. Um, other clubs have got upset with it at times, even when we've done it away. Um, where maybe we've nicked a draw and someone's jumped out the tunnel. But the tunnel jump is a celebration that involves the fans. Everyone sort of cheers, it builds, that atmosphere is there. I don't think we need to take things from from other clubs necessarily to do it. But if it's something that that the players really buy into and, and it, it, it makes a difference for them, then maybe we need to get on board and get behind it. But I just think that in the search of new traditions, sometimes the old traditions can get lost. And that tunnel jump is something that I wouldn't want to see become a secondary thing, because I, I do think that that is part of Charlton's DNA and, and new owners come in and they do change things and new management comes in and they do change things, but they've got to change around the fringes rather than, rather than something like that. And we're opening ourselves up, I think, to a bit of stick as well. <laughs> and it's been proven because Metro Gas under 12 girls uh, really 
put the boot in um and that's not that's not necessarily the kind of uh the kind of feeling i want at the end of the game but you know <laughs> dean at the end of the day he's got to do what he thinks right for the for the squad um it's, some people will like it some people won't I'll, I'll generally be the person that doesn't like things has been pointed out in the comments before <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Dean. I mean, Dean. Obviously, he's, he's about togetherness for him. Uh, Will said uh, he loved it. I think Dino gets it engaging with the crowd and the fans. Uh, Norman Norman said they liked it. It showed togetherness. Uh, Dan said the same togetherness. Uh, like I say, Shiny Phil said it was a bit clumsy and forced, like trying to force the fans to sing Valley Floyd Road at the start of the match was obviously <laughs> was a bit of a disaster. Um, Keith said, if we see that celebration every week, then we'll be happy at the end of the season because uh, obviously that means we would have won. Uh, great show of togetherness uh, as well. Um, yeah, I think, well, the comments seem to be largely positive. Like I say, there's a few people who found it a bit cringe. Um, you know, I, I, I was I, I very much of the opinion, uh, particularly towards the end of last season, that the, the, the love between the players and the fans had, uh, was nowhere near where it should be. Um, pr- probably we're partly to blame for that, but um, but, uh, but also the players' uh, performances last season didn't exactly help, uh, and it needs mending. And I think Dean sees that, and he saw that started off with Spain with you know that great speech he gave to the the fans who travelled out there as uh, as well. Right, uh, Chris said the celebration involved the whole squad, and I think that was the point. Yeah, a little bit about togetherness. Paul says maybe save it until the last uh, game. Uh, of the season, David said he thought it was a bit much. Uh, we'd, we'd only just beaten Leighton Orient. That's why, I mean, at least we didn't draw 2 2 with someone. That's the, the infamous photo of uh, when Jurgen Klopp got the Liverpool players to do it in front of the cop after they'd drawn 2 2 with West Brom. Uh, partly why we got stick because it does look like you're emulating that. Right, let's hear from another player involved yesterday, the Addicts goalkeeper, uh, Ashley Maynard Brewer. Got the, the pick ahead of Eisted yesterday, which was, again, an interesting point. I think the one I was expecting to see, but maybe not one that was people were expecting to see at the start of pre-season. So, yeah, a good day for him. Didn't have too much to do, but I spoke to him after the game. Uh, this is what Ash had to say. Yeah, it was was pretty perfect. Um, bigger crowd. Um, the before from the performance side, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, Leighton Orient just coming up from League Two. It's always going to be a intense intense game. And yeah, I thought the way he went about it, and especially towards the end when I th- we saw out the game, I thought that was. That was great. Um, shout out uh, Nathan Croy. I thought they were excellent coming into their first first league game, and they really stood up. Yeah, I mean, for, for yourself, I guess as, as you said, Charlton saw it out quite well. So you probably didn't have to do too much in, in terms of goalkeeping today, but that's probably what you want as a, as, as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I thought, I thought the back back five was was pretty spot on as a team as well. We were yeah perfect defensively. I think we took on board what we needed to from from last week at Aberdeen. And yeah, coming into this game, we yeah went about our game plan perfectly, and yeah got a, got a clean sheet, which we didn't get enough of last season. Yeah, what do you think changed from from last week against Aberdeen? Because obviously there were there were some moments of concern last week, but but today we didn't really see too much of them. Um, just what we call our rest defence. So when we have the ball or it's in the opposition half, making sure we're organised behind the ball. Okay, excellent. Um, in, in terms of uh, like morale going into the start of the season, how important is it to, to get off to a good start? Yeah, it's so important. Um, just to get us on our way and make sure we stay in the um, close to the promotion pots. There's nothing worse than having a slow start and having to, to kind of have a reset. Um, yeah, we can go into the next few games full of confidence and yeah, get on the front foot and try to stay at the top of the table yeah. or close to the top of the table. 
It's quite a nice moment at the at the end there, where the, when the players sort of uh, celebrated in front of the covered end. Which obviously, I haven't seen that before here at, at the Valley. And um, how did that come about? It's uh, all the manager. He really wants to um, make an effort for the team and the team to connect to the fans and get them involved as much. Because you saw today when there was however many of it was a yeah completely different game, and they that the atmosphere definitely helped us see it out. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk sort of externally, you know, listening to your football podcasts and, and reading your newspapers and even Richie said it when he just came here, the Leighton Orient manager, that, that Charlton are expected to be playoff challengers at, at minimum this season. How, how do the, the sides sort of deal with that pressure? Uh, I don't think we read too much into it. We're all pretty optimistic. Uh, going off how we finished last season, we know that we're a team that could really push for promotion this season, but it's a long season and I think where we went wrong last year was our inconsistency and it's a very long season and we need to maintain the levels we showed today. There we go. That's Ashley Maynard Brewer uh, after yesterday's game. Pete in the chat says he's missing out on an opportunity for merchandising with the mask. A few exclusive divine, uh, designs for sale in the club shop. I might, I might stick that on our, on our Charlton Live merch store. Actually, that's quite a good idea that. Pete, don't you? Is, is anyone want an Ashley Maynard Brewer Charlton Live mask? Maybe we could do that, Tom. Um, yeah, it's started over Eisted. Um, surprised by that? Not surprised by that. I, again, I feel like we predicted that on on Thursday, and I, I wanted him to remain number one because I I quite like him. He's had his moments for sure, and and you know next time Ben's on the pod, he'll be talking about his distribution. But overall, I think I think he's been a solid a solid goalkeeper for us. Yeah, I don't know, surprised or not, but certainly pleased that he kept his place. Like you, I think he's had to be patient here. Obviously, he's still very young, but had multiple loan spells and it's been a case of waiting for his chance. And it would have been a shame after just one season to then find himself behind somebody else. Um, look, Eisted obviously comes with a little bit of a reputation as we spoke about on, on Thursday. Um, I'm sure he'll get game time. We've obviously got the Pupper paint Johnston's pizza, whatever they're calling it cup. We've got the league cup. We'll have the FA cup. So there's going to be, there's going to be opportunities for, for Harry to play as well. Um, but yeah, I'm delighted for him. I, I think his shot stopping is good. Um, as uh, CFC Dan has just said in the chat as well, um, I know his distribution needs working on, but that's okay. Maybe he can get there, but ultimately he's there to make saves. And I think he does that very, very well. So yeah, I'm delighted for him to have that opportunity. I was delighted he got given the number one jersey when the, the numbers got announced. I hope that that meant he would start. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's his shirt to lose potentially now for the certainly for the league team, which is a uh, yeah an opportunity for him. And he'll have Eister breathing down his neck if he makes a mistake. And I think again that competition for places is healthy. Excellent stuff. Right, anyone who uh, watched our show during the last season will uh, remember that on the Sunday morning pod we like to introduce a guest fan, and that's what we're going to do right now. So welcome uh, to the pod. Uh, Ryan, who's our guest fan today, a member of the Charlton Invicta side as well. Ryan, good morning. Thanks for coming to join us. How are you? How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. After, particularly after yesterday. Yeah, such a good, uh, good, good day to uh, start the season. Yeah, it really was. So um, uh, I understand you sit in the north in the north stand. So you, you probably had a good view of the goal yesterday. Um, that was uh, some pretty impressive work. I mean, what did you make of the the performance overall? Yeah, as a like. Chalk and cheese compared to how we started last season, obviously a very different tactic to the way we were sort of trying to play under Ben Garner, where he obviously wanted a lot of sort of try and control with the ball to control the game. Whereas 
just I think our intensity, the mentality and the press is something that I've rarely seen before, probably never to the degree that Holden has sort of implemented it to the to the players uh, for this season uh, at Cholton. So, yeah, that real intense press is something that I think a lot of everyone around me was getting massively behind. The excitement, we've always had that energy. I think it's where Dobson is such a fan favourite of many people is his intensity, his ability to press, his intensity in the tackle. And the fact that we had so many players out there, virtually everyone out there, particularly from the starting 11 and some of the early subs, were all showing that same intensity with that press. And it's something that kind of really endears yourself to to fans and people behind you. And yeah, um, just great to see such an attacking style using that press, trying to attack, uh, trying to press so far up the pitch, creating chances that in the past, that goal uh, we scored with George Dobson getting on the end of a cross, how often is that? How often have we seen that since he's been here, him being able to be the one to break into the box and get an opportunity? And every time we did get the ball out there, where like Blackett Taylor was... Just un- it just looked unreal one on one against uh, against the Orient fullback. He had him every single time. It felt like so. Yeah, seeing him get past someone and seeing a box flooded with red shirts attacking is is is, is a great sight. You know, from having a spells where we've had maybe one person standing in there, one attacking at the back, to at every opportunity when we're trying to play a ball forward, there being a line of five five players all trying to attack in the final third. Yeah, so really exciting stuff. And I think uh, I was excited to see whether sort of Holden's promise of trying to play attacking exciting football was going to happen. And yeah, it really did. You know, there's high risk, high reward. There's a few nervy moments early on. But yeah, it was absolutely worth it for the... uh, for the the enjoyment you, you sort of get out of that intensity and uh, and just attacking style. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to to understand how other fans are feeling about what, what we are actually going to do this season. So obviously, you know, as I've said quite a few times in the show and in the interviews and stuff, that there's a lot of expectation outside of the club. I always feel as fans, we, we apply higher levels of expectation than reality. But th- this year, it's sort of caught up with us where, where people outside are tipping us. I mean, did you see us as, as playoff contenders? Do you think do you think we're there now or do you think there's still a little bit of work to do as well with the squad? I think, yeah, I think as some of you guys were saying before as well, there's there's definitely a few areas where you look and say, look, we've got a good good starters. We don't necessarily have the exact depth you might want to sustain a push uh, for promotion for across an entire campaign. But I think we're a lot nearer that uh, that sort of level than we have been for for a fairly long while i think uh yeah i think there's there's a difference in mentality of the players we've brought in every player we've brought in there's been a sort of feeling of actually yeah no that someone who adds to the squad that's someone who is signing because they want that next step in their career or they're only going to be joining a team where they think they're going with a chance of hitting the heights that they have the, in the past of the likes of uh, panucci kamara you know, people coming down from a um, uh, division above with like uh, Tyo Eden. So, yeah, I think um, I'm 
feeling a lot more positive than I was, I guess, last season particularly and over the course of the last few seasons. And there's a lot there was a lot more optimism, I think, as as again you guys have said. Uh, there's been a lot more optimism from just the people around us. There's uh, around me and wh- where I've uh, like in the people, which other Charlton fans I know, in that there's always been that expectation of we should be competing for a playoff sort of place, but also the realistic, uh, op- the realistic sort of pessimism. Yeah, we should be finishing with the top six, but we're probably going to finish tenth, and <laughs> that sort of feeling is is so sort of omnipresent with. Most of the Cheltenham fans I know of, like, we should be here, but really we're going to be here. And it's the first time in a long time where I think a lot of people's actual expectation is matching what the sort of their overarching expectation of, like, we should be in the playoffs. And actually, we could do it this year. Like, the, not being overly optimistic, being relatively realistic. It's like, yeah, that this is this is something that could uh, could happen. I think. Yeah, there's there's more of an alignment, and I guess it makes sense that those sort of views of fans aligning with sort of the longer term expectations is also happening outside of the Cheltenham sort of community in the wider EFL community. Mm, it's, yeah, it's not. It is nice to hear it from other, from other people. That that that's that's a big point, right? I mean, Rufus has just said on on the chat this season there is a wave of optimism that we haven't felt for years, so we have to ride it for as long as possible. Uh, there is a long of uh, a lot of games, uh, particularly on rainy Tuesday evenings, that are, are going to matter in, in the future. I mean, obviously, I, I've spoken. I mean, you've been welcomed very much in in the chat because of the shirt you're wearing. By the way, Ryan, everyone's everyone's <laughs> loving the uh, the green and purple monstrosity that w- we wore back in the nineties, which is one of my favourites. Um, I, I also spoke about the feeling between the the, the players and the fans. I mean, obviously, could could you play for Charlton and Victor? You're involved in something that the club have, have taken into their community as well. But how, how are you feeling? Just as a fan, as part of the uh, of the society that we're bringing together now with with the players, which, like I said, I felt at times last season was missing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I thought last last year, for the most part, it was almost entirely missing. You know, I think there was a few uh, beacons who endeared themselves to the Cholton fans. You know, either like Jezrek Saki through his actions on the pitch. Uh, people like Dobson for that same sort of, as I said that before, that intensity, that that real endeavour. Um, so I think it's it's so much different this season. There, uh, just Holden's seems very genuine in his desire to create that connection between the players and the Charlton community, and it's such an easy line, I guess, to trot out as a new manager or as a new ownership to say, "Hey, we really want this connection between the playing staff and the staff behind the scenes and the supporters who ultimately have a." people who make the scene make it possible um and it but it takes something different to actually enact that and holden seems to have that real leadership and uh has brought in the right personalities and helped to get the other players we already had here engaged in that sort of community responsibility that i think so far like uh so well regarded by charlton fans and is actually so well known across, I guess, the football world, given how important our community work has been over the years. I think for me, the nearest or the most similar example that I can I sort of relate the current environment to would be the uh, sort of the year we got promoted under Chris Powell when we won the league. There was a real, uh, I was able to talk to a few of the players back then I was a lot younger and they would do some of those community events and, 
you got to speak to a few of the players and all of them spoke about the gratefulness of being there and the uh, how grateful they were to be in that position, so the privilege of playing as a professional footballer and embracing the community side of the life because they realised how important it was and that was embedded from Chris Powell down. And it feels very similar with Holden in a very different way, but uh, that similar mentality of that... Th- it's not just what you have to do on the pitch, but you have to engage with the fans. You have to help do that community work and build that sort of community that we're so proud of at Cholton. And he really has embraced the specific Cholton identity and is, I think, really tasking the players with doing the same, which is, I mean, is all you sort of really want, you know, that actual engagement that it's not just football. You can be incredible and do everything tactically in coaching but if there's not that connection then there's always going to be an element of distance and he's really seems to be doing both improving us tactically while also improving that connection a great deal excellent stuff well ryan thanks so much for joining us as uh this week's guest fans good luck to the the season for charlton and victor as well we'll uh Cheers, we'll try and keep you. tracks with how you're getting on and uh yeah hopefully we'll see we'll see you guys again later on in the season cheers ryan uh, for joining us there on on Charlton Live, and just just very briefly before we uh, before we log off because uh, it's nearly eleven now, um, New, Newport on on Tuesday, Joe. Um, what sort of uh, what sort of side are you expecting to see? <clears throat> well, probably Egbo, probably Eden, probably the likes of Taylor coming in for to get some minutes. Um, probably Carnu and Kirk as well. I think it's going to be quite a a change side, and uh, I think. I, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I'm not that fussed about the cup um, if we can make a go of something in the league. But right now, we do need to get through. Uh, we need to get through these rounds so we can get the minutes in the legs for, for various people. And we've got the uh, EFL trophy as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of changes is what I'm hoping for because we, we need to be fresh and ready to go on Saturday. And a few of those players look really leggy towards the end. And I wouldn't like us to be picking up injuries to to key players this early in the season. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't mind actually seeing us try a bit of a different formation as well um, in this in that sort of more risk-free environment um, so that we've got a couple of other tricks up our sleeves as we go through into the season. But I imagine it's going to be a three. Um, and I imagine just those players that that need those minutes, the likes of the new signings and, and Hector, who's, who's had a couple of problems, will, will probably come in and Eisted too. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be an interesting game to watch because I'm not 100% sure at the minute and the strength in depth. And it probably might be a last chance for a couple of these players to claim their, their place in the squad for the rest of the season. So you imagine it'd be quite a competitive game uh, with, with people putting their bodies on the line. Yeah, really looking forward to it, actually. I think we've, we've sold quite a lot of tickets for that. So there'd be a good number down there. It must be our first visit to Rodney Parade. I can't remember us ever, ever playing there before. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that one. Right, we've gone over time, so we're going to end the show here. Thanks to everyone who's uh, joined us live uh, on YouTube, or if you've listened back uh, either via our YouTube channel uh, or via the podcast. Thanks for getting involved. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're edging ever closer to a 1,000 subscriptions, which in, in the space of about four or five months, I'm really pleased with. So thanks to everyone who's, who's got involved uh, on there. Uh, Tom and Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. Cheers, lads. Yeah, great to be back. Cheers.
Good to speak to you. Thanks, of course, to Ryan, who was our guest fan uh, as well earlier on in the show. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening uh, to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. Don't forget that we shall be back on Thursday. We shall see you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.